0: On the low end for ads, you probably want to spend at least $300 per month. You need some volume in leads. Everyone knows this. When you're an insurance agent, the more you quote, the more you write in general. Top end, I mean, we have agents that spend almost ten grand a month. So you can go very, very aggressive, and it is scalable. Mm -hmm. That is how this business was born, was my own success with my agency, where I realized wow, I've got the parameters set up right.
1: So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at Club.Capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. I'm excited to be able to bring on for the second time our podcast sponsor and a good friend of mine, Matt Jones with Direct Clicks. It had been almost 15, 16 months since the last time that we had Matt on the podcast. And needless to say, from January of 2020 until the time of this recording, early April of 2021, a lot had changed in the world. And so I wanted to bring him back on to really dig into what are some of the things that had changed in the digital landscape? And so we spend a big part of that talking about the automation that Google has put in place from whenever COVID hit and how that is both good and bad. Number two, we talk about really some good questions to ask. If you're going to work with a digital marketing company, what are some of the things you need to ask before that engagement? And then once you engage with a company, what are some things that you want to be able to ask on an ongoing basis? And then number three, we get into some SEO tips, tricks, and best practices as a foundation for your agency. And then you can begin to add in leads and pay-per-click. And we even get into a really good discussion about just knowing how much money and should you spend money in pay-per-click and also versus leads and how what's the balance between the two of those. And I thought he'd give a really great answer to that. Without further ado, let's get into it. Wouldn't it be a great start to 2021 by having more leads in your book of business? Well, that's where our partners at DirectClicks Inc. come in. Their team's dialed-in approach to running Google ads and online SEO campaigns maximize the quality and the volume of your leads, whether that's for inbound phone calls or even exclusive leads through your website. DirectClicks Inc. works only with PNC insurance agency owners, so they have thousands of hours creating ab split testing and improving online campaigns specifically for insurance. They also understand why each and every marketing dollar matters in providing true results, low paper clicks, transparency, and attention to detail, all of which is discussed in-depth during your monthly review calls. Reach out to the DirectClicks team at directclicksinc.com. That's directclicksinc.com and find out how they can make a difference in your approach to generating new business. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top-performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, We have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary no-obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. Matt, welcome back to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me back on, Bradley. Appreciate it.
1: Well, a lot has changed, to say the least, since the last time that we had you on. Our last episode was episode four. It was on January the 16th of 2020. So it was a couple months before we ever really knew what COVID-19 was. I think we might have started to hear about it over in China around that time. And so wanted to have you back on. And really, the first question I have for you, Matt, is just to talk about what all has changed in the marketplace and what you see online From the last time, I mean, it's been 15 months. What are some of the biggest things that you've seen in working with insurance agency owners with their pay per click campaigns and SEO campaigns, all things Google over the past year?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, as you know, everything's changed in our world. So, on the pay per click side, there has been a rapid, rapid acceleration of technology in automation. So I alluded to it on the first podcast I was on. Google's really pushing automation on us and that has picked up drastically. So the things that can be automated now in a pay-per-click campaign that weren't about a year ago, you can now have Google write your ads for you. There's literally a feature in Google where it will write ad copy for you. And it'll say something generic about insurance and it'll turn on the ad. Another thing that they've automated that is new is they'll add keywords. They'll seek out new keywords that they think will help you. And if you allow it, it'll automatically go into your campaign. Third thing that they've really done is pushed budget adjustments on people, where if you allow it again, it'll ramp up your budget according to whatever parameters you put in there. So all these things are accelerating, and there's some risk in that, as you might expect. Mm -hmm. But automation is here to stay, without a doubt.
1: Okay, so I've got a lot of questions around this. I'm sure people are listening to this and want to know, okay, well, what's, can compare and contrast the good and the bad for us? And so with a lot of automation, it sounds neat and it sounds great that Google can do that what are some of the really good things that that has brought to the table for insurance agency owners? And then I want to follow up with a question of that then about maybe what are the negative or maybe what are some of the not as good things with Google pushing automation on some of these ad campaigns for people?
0: I think the best thing about automation is it does push you in the right direction as a Google Ads manager because Google makes suggestions that maybe previously you hadn't thought about potentially. So there's definitely some pros to that because they're using machine learning and they are over all their accounts. That's their flagship product. Google makes so much money off of search. They're using all their accounts to gather insights that say, hey, you should think about this. There's some major risks and downside to that at this point though. Specifically, turning on automatic application of their suggestions. So Google has a feature. If you launch a new campaign today, Bradley, it'll automatically be enrolled in auto updates. So Google will automatically enroll you to where every 14 days, it'll put in their suggestions for you. And if you never open it, you're going to have a different campaign two months from now than what you started mm-hmm. with, without a doubt. There's some big risk to that. Specifically, the things that aren't where they need to be yet, and I think we're years and years off from, is the ad text piece. You should see some of these ads that we've experimented with for insurance agents where we let Google write them. Mm. (laughs) It is pretty embarrassing, honestly. (laughs) I mean, there's things about just like from an agency owner perspective. Do we want people calling us for their claims? absolutely not do we yeah. want people downloading our app before they got a quote no right but they'll write things related to that they'll write things that are not specific to your region right the ad text portion it's cool that they can do it now but the copy is pretty terrible yeah. so right now you can use the suggestions that you never want to turn over your ads to the machine
1: Yeah, and so everybody listening to this is in sales in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Words matter. Copy what you say on your ads, what you say on your website, what you say in your emails. Those words matter. And it sounds like to me that this is not to where you can set it and forget it at all.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, we are at the stage, though, where if you want to be mediocre, like completely mediocre online presence, we couldn't do that a year ago. You could set it and forget it. As long as you use exact match keywords. So I'm going to talk about keywords in a second. But as long as you use exact match keywords, you don't need a company to be completely average and mediocre. You can just turn that on where a year ago you couldn't. Keywords though, let me talk about that. So that's the other piece where just like ad text and copy, it isn't where it needs to be yet because it can't understand emotion and intent the way a human can. So Google's in the business of making money. They make money every single time your ad shows and gets clicked on. That's it. Mm -hmm. So their machine is set up to just get a lot of click volume. So they will add keywords if you let them, like payment, online, website, things that are more centered around customer service or claims or just something that doesn't lead to what the business owner goal is. And they'll automatically put those keywords in and spend all your budget
1: on them. So the real thing that I'm hearing here is while Google has obviously, like you said, if you want to be mediocre and you want to get some calls coming in, but those calls may not be sales calls. And at the end of the day, the reason you're doing this is to drive leads to your office for your sales team to be able to convert to grow your business. I mean, period. And so there's so many words that are out there, so much copy that Google do, but that's going to be not related at all to your intent, which is to grow your business through new sales, regardless of what company you represent, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. So the analogy I use to explain, well, you just said you could be mediocre without paying anybody to help you, right? And you can, Mm -hmm. you can. But a good online marketing company that you work with is your pilot. So if you're going on vacation, Bradley, and you're flying to, I think you said you're going to Napa soon, right? If you're hopping on that Delta flight, you have a pilot at the helm. Airplanes have come a long way. There's lots of gadgets in there. There's GPS coordinates. There's coordination of all the technology so the plane doesn't crash. So you probably won't need that pilot, knock on wood. But if something's going wrong, you need a pilot to intervene. That's the analogy, but we're behind where an airplane is. There's still a lot more front-end work configuring and setting it up and making sure you're pulling out the data and the insights you need to steer you in the right direction. But now good AdWords managers are pilots. Automation's here to
1: stay. There are people who love to tinker. They love to kind of get in behind the end. I mean, obviously you're that way. That's how you kind of started the company is just yourself. What is the biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody who is going to attempt to try to do this themselves, right? They're going to do it kind of a DIY, do it yourself type with all the automation, et cetera. I mean, we've just kind of gone through that. But if somebody is saying like, hey, I'd kind of like to see if I could do it myself. What's the biggest piece of advice you could give somebody?
0: So guardrails. When I say guardrails, there's two things. You need to make sure you're controlling your budget and your cost per click. You can set caps that Google cannot go past. So as long as you're in there and you understand cost per click, CPC, you put a cap on that, you understand your monthly budget, you're going to be safe. You're at least not going to go broke. Because if you let Google do it or you listen to Google's people that call you, you could spend 5000 in a month in the blink of an eye. Second thing, if you're going to do it yourself for guardrails, you need to use exact match keywords. So there are three different match types in Google. There's broad match, there's phrase match, and there's exact match. Exact match is what you think it is. Let's say you wanted insurance quote. If you put that keyword in exact match, it has brackets around it. That's how you know it's exact match. The only thing you will show up for is insurance quote and maybe a synonym for quote, like insurance rates or something like that. But there's going to be no additional words before or after. And there's going to be no mystery, no bad intent searches that you end up paying for. If you use phrase match insurance quote, there could be pet insurance quote. There could be auto insurance quotes in Montana. There's before and after with phrase match. And with broad match, I mean, you could end up with like (laughs) Medicare claims (laughs) uh, payout. Like, yeah, broad match is scary. You do not want to use broad match if you're trying to do it yourself.
1: I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. That's really, really helpful. All right. So have a guardrail, a budget, a pay per click limit that you know and you're aware of. And then just understanding that you want to use exact match, not broad match or phrase match. I love that. And the second part of it is you said you got to measure success. And so what do you really mean there?
0: Yeah, for sure. It is leads. When you're spending money as an insurance agent, when I invest my money online, I want to write more business, period. So you need to figure out how you measure uh, business written. And in the Google Ads space, it's all about cost per at, at bat or lead. So you're either doing ads to drive phone calls or you're doing ads to drive leads through your landing page. You got to define your goal and then you need to measure success in terms of cost per lead. So on a phone call, that's going to be a higher likelihood that they're going to sign up with you, right? You're going to close that business at a higher conversion rate because they're calling you. You could probably spend a little more to get a good phone call but you need to have a goal defined, and you need to make sure the numbers match up with a positive ROI. On leads, you need to be able to track if you got a lead and then you need to view, all right, if I spent $500, how many leads did I get? Divide that out. So 500 divided by the number of leads and then you have your cost per lead and you need to measure that. So the other thing you need to look at is your search terms report. That is your early indicator for if you're showing up for the right things. Search terms shows you exactly what you paid for. When they typed it into the Google search bar, they clicked on your ad. You're looking in the rear view mirror at what their intent was. And Mm. so if you're not looking at your search terms report, you don't know if you're paying for a bunch of garbage.
1: So search search terms. So this really then allows you, once you know where what the ads were that you basically spent to get where people were clicking and then the how they found you, this is where it kind of goes back to my, what I was saying earlier about you can't just set it and forget it. You actually got to go back, look at that and then say, okay, wait a minute, here's what I spent. I spent $500 with Google for the month of April and here's where people were finding me. And so then you can look and see, is this campaign I'm running, is it working? Is it getting me what I want it to? Or are they clicking, finding me on a search term, which is not what I want them to find me on, whether it's a different state, a different area, a different term. I'm not even trying to, like you said, maybe pet insurance. There may be something that's like, wait a minute, why are people clicking on my ad, finding my website on pet insurance? Is that right?
0: That's exactly it. Search terms show you if their intent matches your goal. Your goal is a lead or a call. And then you got to look at the back end report of, did I get a call or did I get a lead? That's exactly Hmm. it though.
1: So Matt, this really begs the question in my head. I'm thinking right now, if I was driving or doing some yard work, listening to this podcast, I would want to know, if I was going to try to do this myself, what are some of the best? Can you give us maybe two or three of the best keywords to use that you have seen that if I was going to go in there, and my search terms, what are some of the best search terms for me to be able to use in my campaigns?
0: It may come across as too simplistic or too obvious, but sometimes you forget about the simple solution. What do you do, right? So if you are an insurance agent for all state, for farmers listening to this, for safe harm, you name it, you represent that business, right? Use that keyword. You want to show up where people find exactly what they're looking for. So Mm -hmm. if you're an Allstate agent, Allstate is probably one of your better keywords. And then from there, you want to think about all the variations of that core keyword that you could use. So you Mm -hmm. might add home insurance on the back side of it or on the front side of it. Something about getting a quote on the front or back side of it, but For sure, your core keywords are going to be what you do and making sure you're showing up for exactly what people are searching for.
1: That's really helpful, actually. Yeah, I think we do forget about that. We kind of think, wait a minute, we can almost overcomplicate it in our heads as opposed to because sometimes with the analogy, you're so in the forest, you can't see through the trees or whatever that is that that maybe you're so in the business. You've been doing this for five, 10, 20 years or so. You don't really necessarily know what are people actually searching for. So I think it's really amazing that Google gives you those kind of analytics. And then you can look and see how is my campaign actually performing? Is there a thought process about looking at return on ad spend? So basically taking it all the way through from I spent X amount of dollars on this campaign. I was able to look at exactly how many leads that I was able to receive from that. From there. I looked at how many quotes we were able to provide. And then finally, this is the business that we wrote. And so we could really tie that all the way back to how much we spend and really get, for those of you who might be familiar with the SaaS world, software as a service, they use a something called ROAS, return on ad spend. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Anytime you engage with an online marketing company, that needs to be your end goal, is measuring policies written in ROI. So actually, one of the things we've done for the podcast as sponsors, and thank you for allowing us to have that partnership with you guys, is we have our marketing ROI tool, which does just that. So let me give you an example. If you spend, let's use that $500 number again, if you spend $500 and your goal is leads on your quote landing page, as an insurance agency owner, you know your conversion rate for leads that come through in that fashion. It's something that you can pull from a couple different reports. So from there, using our ROI tool or using your calculator, you don't need to use our ROI tool necessarily, but it makes it easier. You put in what your average household is worth in terms of revenue. So on average, you sign someone up. This is how much it's worth in revenue per year. You put in your conversion rate on those leads and then that final thing that i said is so important to measure whether you're doing it yourself or paying a company to do it is your cost per lead so as long as you can know your cost per lead when you're working with somebody you put all those things together and in our tool it'll tell you profitable year one or not profitable year one it'll Mm -hmm. also illustrate out over five years accounting for laps can what your total ROI over five years is as well.
1: My brain just tends to work in perspective. And so can you give us an idea of what's on the low end? And I'm sure that you have somebody that's maybe spending a hundred bucks or something, but really what is the minimum n- amount of money on a monthly basis that somebody needs to make an investment in Google to even make it worth doing anything? That's number one. And then is there a top end to where you probably have diminishing returns is the best way to put it to where it's like, Hey, look, I've got somebody spending maybe $5,000 a month, but once you get above that, it ends up, or is there just kind of a never ending? I mean, once you figure out exactly what the right formula is for your business, now it's just, you can just really put gas to it. I mean, what are your thoughts with that? And can you give us a little bit of perspective on what are most people spending and what's the low end and the high end?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. It's one we definitely get often. On the low end for ads, you probably wanna spend at least $300 per month. If you're not spending more than that, it gets tough to get tangible results. You need some volume in leads. Everyone knows this. When you're an insurance agent, the more you quote, the more you write in general, right? Same concept exists when you're investing in online marketing. So at least $300 is our general recommendation. Um, top end. I mean, we have agents that spend almost 10 grand a month. So you can go very, very aggressive and it is scalable. Mm -hmm. That is how this business was born was my own success with my agency where I realized, wow, I've got the parameters set up, right? I can spend more and get more high intent leads to my team. So there is that scalability with an asterisk, which is As you go up in budget, you likely need to take on more geography. So for example, let's say you're in a small town or a county with 50, 60,000 people in it, really small area of the world. If you want to spend thousands of dollars a month, there's no way you can do it on the backs of 50,000 population. There's just not enough searches out there. It's the law of supply and demand. So mm-hmm. you will need to expand out to a bigger area, or maybe even statewide.
1: Before we transition into a kind of a broader discussion, if I was looking at my overall budget, say it was the beginning of the year or at midyear, and I'm kind of relooking really at my investment in marketing as a whole, and you know, Club Capital, a lot of the agents are spending somewhere between five and eight percent of top line gross revenue in marketing. But that's a broad topic because then there's direct sale marketing, and then there's branding, which is going to be kind of your billboards and the things that you do for local schools, et cetera, to support the soccer team, the golf team, the baseball team, and all of these things that you get hit up for. But then there's directly spending money on leads, spending money on SEO, spending money on PPC. And so if somebody said overall, my budget is, I'm just pull up a number, it's $2,000 a month. So it's $24,000 for the year. To spend overall, do you have an idea of kind of or a thought process about, and I'll just make this simple, really kind of dividing out between investing in leads, actually buying from a lead aggregator as opposed to investing in SEO or I guess in combination with, not opposed to, but in combination with SEO and PPC. Can you give a thought process as to, well, look, here's my budget and I'm trying to decide how much to spend in leads versus these things. What are your thoughts with that?
0: It comes down to preference on how you want to run your office somewhat. Mm. So let me explain what I mean by that. And then I'll give you some examples. I think SEO is something that everybody in this day and age should do. It's got the lowest cost of entry. You're typically, most companies are going to be anywhere from $250 a month to 350 $400 a month, right? So SEO, and it's something that It's consistency over time. And the more you show up online, the more natural, organic calls you're going to get. So I Mm -hmm. think everybody should have that built into their budget. From there, you're deciding between PPC and leads. And I think they're going to be pretty different based on how you see your office running. So if you're going to buy a lot of leads, what goes along with a lot of leads is a lot of touches of those leads most times you're not going to call an internet lead and day one, sign it up. You're probably going to call 20 of them and talk to four or five, six of them maybe, but then you got to follow up and follow up and follow up. And so like in my office, when we buy an internet lead, we touch it eight times within the first 14 days. Now, some people might not touch it that much more or less, but you get the point I'm trying to make. It's a lot of outbound calls and a yeah. lot of hustle. Pay-per-click, on the other hand, is if somebody's calling you, you're kind of sitting there waiting for the phone to ring in a way, which is a double-edged sword for sure, but those conversion rates are going to be a lot higher. And so that is helpful, in my opinion, for team morale. If you got to show up at work every day and make 100 outbound dials, you can keep that motor going for a while, but eventually you're going to lose steam and Mm. it's tough on the psyche of a salesperson in in my opinion. So I think there's a balance there. I would never go full pay-per-click personally. I mean, I definitely still buy leads because it's good to have names and numbers to call while you're waiting for the phone to ring or for that cool landing page lead to come in. But I'm more on the 70, 80% pay-per-click side personally.
1: That's great perspective to give and and just having that balance. So like you said, I mean, you're almost flipping the script instead of the outbound calls, some of the having a balance of the calls coming in to you too, right? Yeah, I love that. That's really great. So somebody's listening to this and then they say, okay, this was really helpful. They try to get in there, they tinker with, with it a little bit. And they say, you know what? This is not really for me. It's probably a lot more than what I can do. So it's really a two-part question, but let's dig into one of them here. What are some of the good questions to ask to a business that you're going to look at that's actually going to run your PPC or SEO campaign? So what are some good questions to ask before you would work with them to decide, hey, is this a really good fit for me? And then number two, once you're actually engaged, so you sign up and you decide to make the commitment, you make the jump three months down the road, six months down the road, heck, a year from now, what are some of the ongoing questions that you're going to want to ask with your engagement with that company?
0: I think the most important question to ask is what does success look like and how are you going to measure that for me? Because at the end of the day, again, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, you're spending money to write business period. And so you need to know how they're going to measure that success and then what the expected success is so that you can plug that into your business model. So if someone can't tell you, what you're going to spend to get a good phone call or what you're going to spend to get a quote landing page lead, then it might not be a good fit because they might Mm -hmm. be focusing on one of the other 200 plus stats inside of a Google ads account that you can show somebody that won't mean anything to you at the end of the day. So I'd say you definitely want to stay away from look at all these impressions and look at all these clicks and oh my God, what a click through rate and all those other ancillary statistics <laughs> and just know about what matters to you. Calls, leads, right? Love it. The other good questions that I would say, I mean, how much customization and control can I have in partnership with you? Right. Cause you are hiring a company to guide you to be your pilot but you wanna be able to control how much you spend. You wanna be able to scale it up and scale it down as things change within your agency. You also want to focus your strategies around what works best for your team in that moment. If you have a newer team, you might be better off getting leads if they're learning the conversation and you want more at-bats for them. But then maybe a more tenured team would do much better with inbound phone calls. Or maybe you want to focus specifically on homeowners because you know rates in your area are really strong and you want to leave out auto or renters or something else, right? So that customization and control, I think- That's great. I
1: just have to make a comment on that. that Business is dynamic and it's ever-changing. I mean, whatever company you represent, Rates are changing all the time. Marketplace things. You're like you said with your team. You lose a couple team members. You bring on a couple team members, whatever that case may be. You do want to be able to do that. I think that that was a really great point that you had there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the third thing too, just to consider, would be: Do they have experience in this niche, and do I get exclusivity? Because every niche is a lot different, and there's a lot of A/B testing and trial and error that goes into a successful campaign. And so if you're an insurance agent, number one, you want somebody who has experience in insurance because it's easy to spend money on things you don't want. The other thing, if you're a captive insurance agent, you probably want to work with somebody that focuses specifically on captives because it's a different ball of wax to be independent versus captive when it comes to running online campaigns. So I think that's important and then the exclusivity piece. I mean I think we should definitely dive into that, but it is an auction system. And if you don't have an exclusive relationship in your marketplace, you're giving up an edge.
1: What's maybe the geographical area that it makes sense for exclusivity? Because you know, if somebody's in Maryland, they may say, "Hey, I'd love to take the entire state of Maryland with me," right? I mean, well, <laughs> that's probably a little too much for Some counties are really small, some counties are really big. But I mean, can you give some sort of range to say, well, when we're talking exclusivity, here's kind of what we're referring to?
0: Yeah, it is a little arbitrary, but the rule we have at Direct Clicks is in a city, more urban environment or suburban, we have a five mile radius as the crow Mm -hmm. flies. So if you're working with us and somebody 4.2 miles away is interested, well, we're not going to work with them. In rural, it's 15 miles. Now, those guidelines, they aren't perfect. It's still arbitrary somewhat. But I think having some degree of protection is really important just based on how Google Ads works. It's a competition and you need that edge.
1: Yeah. I think that a lot of people listening to this have been burned. They've bought leads from a lead provider in the past of talking about exclusivity only to call that lead and realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, you've gotten four calls from the same company I represent? I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever, right? And so so I think that that's a really, really good point that you make about that. And when you mentioned earlier, you said A-B testing, can you just give people a little bit of information about that? Because when you're talking about hey, this is your, you really work with captive agents. You're in this niche. You know, understand this business yourself. You're an insurance agency owner. You know what people are looking for. You've been doing this for a really long time. That is really critical and important. But why is something like AB split testing? Somebody may not know what that is, but why is that it's so important?
0: Yeah, so AB testing, it's really more ABCD testing in Google Ads, <laughs> but it's where you set up The same keyword, let's say, or you can do it flipped. But most time, you're going to do it on the keyword, and then you're going to try out different ad copy, or different times of day, or different devices. But you're going to control one variable and adjust another variable, and then measure the results. With the ultimate goal of figuring out which combinations work best and which combinations don't, so that you ignore the ones. That don't work as well, right? Mm. So, with us in particular, I mean, we spend millions of dollars a year of ads on insurance. And so all that data and all those insights lead to us avoiding certain combinations that aren't as effective for conversion rate or cost per quote or cost per call.
1: Working with you guys, you just don't have that amount of experience across the entire country. You may have your intuition and you know your area, but then applying that with the data and the statistics of what has actually worked across the broad spectrum of the United States, across a lot of different agency owners, it would be really hard to replicate that experience and knowing, well, wait a minute, where do I even really start? Even with kind of the first part we started talking about this is even with Google moving towards automation.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, there's only four spots every time a Google search happens for ads. And if you're in a metro area, I'm in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, there's hundreds of agents. I don't know what percentage are participating in Google ads, but definitely more than four, right? Yeah. And so you need to have that edge over them and how you write the ads and what keywords you're targeting. That's extremely important.
1: So Matt, last question I want to ask you before we get into our rapid fire is going to be around SEO. And you mentioned earlier about looking at, hey, SEO is almost like the foundation. Everybody really needs to be doing that to have a presence online. And I know obviously you guys help insurance agency owners now with their SEO campaigns. What are some of the key things that we need to know about SEO? And what are some of the ways that you guys are helping agency owners with that?
0: So when it comes to SEO, I think more than anything, you need to know how you're going to measure success again. So with Maps and Google My Business, they give you insights inside of your Google My Business, which are your views, both on the Maps and in search, and then your phone calls and your website that's in your photo views. Over time, if you're spending money on SEO, you want to see quarter over quarter or year over year improvement. And your company, or if you're doing it yourself, you need to be able to track that and just make sure that you are seeing that positive trend in the Google, my business statistics. The other thing in SEO that you need to track is where you rank your website ranks below the maps. So there's certain keywords that you really want to be there for. Like for example, if you're an all state agent in Chicago, right? And someone searched for all state in Chicago. That's probably a bad example because I think that's where they're headquartered. So maybe let's switch it to Austin. But you want to be up there, even though there's a lot of agents in Austin. So you want to track your ranking in the search results and make sure over time that you're moving up and up and up.
1: There's a lot of directories is what they're called. I mean, there's a lot of places, Yelp and other places that you can be listed. What are your thoughts around just being able to show up on all of these different places? Because I mean, as much as we'd like to think that, and yes, the majority of people are going to Google, but it's also those Google results are based on all these other places that you're showing up. And so it can be a little overwhelming as to, okay, wait a minute, I need to go here and I need to go here. I need to go to Yelp and I need to go to all these places to update it. Certainly Facebook plays into that. I mean, can you just comment on just all the directories?
0: Well, you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of them. You want to be on all of them, and you want to be on all of them consistently. So when I say consistently, your name can't change. Your address can't be a little different. Your phone number needs to be accurate. You just need to make sure your name, address, and phone number and website are accurate across the web. Then it's just about frequency, right? You need to be everywhere. And the more places you are, Google's a popularity contest in a way, the higher you'll rank. So it's Mm. definitely important.
1: I don't think we could talk about SEO without actually mentioning the importance of Google reviews and just the consistency of getting Google reviews and maybe even a strategy or something like that that you may have as a suggestion for getting Google reviews.
0: Yeah, I've got two things that I do with my team. And one little tidbit on just how many to get. I think if everyone listening who's an insurance agency owner could get one Google review a week, one Google review a week, And you're going to see year-over-year improvement, quarter-over-quarter improvement in your Google My Business statistics, guaranteed. It's a big part of the algorithm. One review a week, respond to that review using some keywords like your brand or car insurance or whatever, and you're going to see improvement. To get those reviews, I use a couple strategies at my agency. We definitely text the link out two people after a service customer service transaction right so if we help them with a help them with a bill help them with a claim swap out their new car that's a good opportunity to ask somebody who already likes working with you for a review you can do the same thing in your email or on your facebook that's something that i've seen people do i would caution you on asking everyone on your facebook to leave a review Though, Mm -hmm. because I've seen it where someone will get 40 reviews in one month and then zero for the next three. And Mm -hmm. that looks a little suspect to Google. So you're better off getting one a month or 10 a month or whatever it is, but consistently. And then the other thing that I'd recommend besides texting or emailing the link when you specifically tell them it's coming is make it part of your comp plan in some way. So for me, I have a team bonus where there's a certain number of auto insurance policies we need to write. There's a certain amount of financial service premium we need to hit. And then you need one Google review, a person to be involved in the payout for that team bonus. I made this switch about a year ago. And it was so funny because my sales guys, they would get maybe one review a year before this. I mean, it just wasn't what they cared about. But now that their paycheck is affected by getting a Google review,
1: it's like clockwork.
0: I love it. Get a, One a person minimum every single month ever since I made that switch.
1: All right. You ready to do part two of the world famous E9 rapid fire?
0: Let's do it.
1: What's the last book that you read?
0: I'm currently reading Atomic Habits.
1: What's the book you would recommend the most to insurance agency owners?
0: I've said it before and I'll say it again. I still think the energy bus, it's just all about the atmosphere and culture you create.
1: What's the favorite, your favorite, this would be a good question for you. Your favorite tech tool or app that you use that maybe most people have not heard of?
0: I mean, the app that I use most for tech is all related to Google Ads. So the Google ads app and the keyword planners and the, you name it, there's some IP blocking software for people trying to spend your ad villainously, spend your ad <laughs> budget. So we use that to block those people. But yeah, probably just the Google ads app. I'm on there all the time.
1: What's the one place that you really, we're coming out of COVID at the time of the recording of this, and hopefully it's going to return to somewhat top of normal. What's the one place you want to visit the most once travel is back to normalized?
0: Italy. Italy. I've always wanted to go. We're talking about planning a trip to Sicily probably. I'm hoping it can happen.
1: What's your favorite destination or trip you've been on?
0: Probably my first travel trip ever was the Baltic Sea cruise, so my first year. It was so many cool destinations on there.
1: It was just a blast. What's one thing that you learned during COVID about yourself?
0: That I have no problem binging things. <laughs> I already knew this about myself. I'm obsessive, but yeah, I watched every series front to back. I read every article. I mean, I'm just an obsessive guy. So
1: you were all into Carol Baskin and Tiger King, wasn't you?
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, I had a post that I had to take down of me as the Tiger King, even so. <laughs>
1: What's your favorite non-work hobby? Golf. Golf. I'm still not good,
0: but I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to single-digit handicap, I hope.
1: You and I are going to play golf.
0: I can't wait for that day.
1: What's your best piece of advice for a brand-new insurance agency owner? So, say brand-new within the first year or two.
0: Be intentional about your culture, right? So, kind of like the energy bus book. You need people to enjoy work and have fun at work because that breeds that positive atmosphere. And then the second thing is be a little nerdy and measure everything, right? Don't be afraid of the numbers and track your numbers. Conversion rates, ROI, growth, you name it. It's important to track.
1: Best piece of leadership advice you've ever received?
0: You set the example. So kind of on that culture, it's infectious when somebody enjoys what they're doing. And you need to enjoy what you're doing and extend that to everyone around you.
1: I think people are going to know exactly how to reach out because they hear the ads on the podcast. But Matt, somebody wants to reach out to you, somebody on the team, what's the best place for them to be able to do that? And what would you recommend for them?
0: Yeah, I'd say you could send us an email. I mean, it's Matt for me, M-A-T-T at directclicksinc.com. I-N-C, Other way, you can definitely just check out our website and fill out a contact form there and we'll schedule a call with you.
1: Matt, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your continued support of the podcast. This was fantastic. There was a lot of meat in this podcast and look forward to having you come back on and we'll be talking about continued, whether the changes that are happening in the online marketing space. So appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah, it was an honor. Thanks again. I appreciate it.
1: One of the things I really love about Matt when he comes on, he always gives very specific answers to the questions. He gave the range for somebody to know, like, What's the ad spend I need to have for pay-per-click to even make it worth it? So at least doing $300 a month. I think he gave some really good ideas. If you were going to try to do it yourself, then what are the things you need to be looking at? And the importance of looking at the search terms report on an ongoing basis and that you just cannot set it and forget it. Hey, you think I'm going to spend $500 a month on my pay-per-click campaign going in there? Yes, it's great that Google has some automation tools that they did not have. Before, But there is a downside risk to that. And what are the things you need to be looking at? The importance of looking at the exact match keyword criteria. And he even gave some specifics about what keywords to use. And then also just SEO tips and tricks, bringing in Google reviews as part of the compensation plan for your entire team. The importance of being consistent every single month or every week and getting one Google review per week. It was a great episode. Appreciate Matt and the entire team's continued support of the podcast. As you can tell, they're really good people. They know what they are doing. They have been doing this for a long time. They have helped agency owners spend millions of dollars on their Google ad campaigns. And so, hey, if you don't want to try to do this and spend your time focusing on developing your team, developing yourself, and you want to find a partner that's going to be able to help you through this, then Reach out to the team at DirectClicks. Go to directclicksinc.com. Matt, his wife, Maddie, Tim, the COO there, they are all just fantastic people and they just really care about the results that you're getting. The importance of even one of the questions he had mentioned, just what does success look like? And just being able to know on the front side. They care about trust. They care about transparency so that you know that each one of the dollars that you're spending is actually going to something. And then having a trusted team that just knows this and knows what campaigns to be able to put in place along with the knowledge that you have in your local market area, that's a winning combination. So reach out to the team at directclicksinc.com. As always, thank you for listening We appreciate your support. Would you consider liking and subscribing to the podcast and maybe even sharing it with someone else? And if this podcast has been helpful to you, if you can go into Apple and leave us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Until next episode, lead well.